Today on the Matt Wall Show, the election is not determined yet, but the result, whatever it is ultimately, is already far from what the media and the polls predicted. How did they get it so wrong again? And do we have to be worried about voter fraud? What else can we determine based on what we know so far? All these questions and many more we'll talk about today. But first, a word from our friends at Rock Auto. Uh, I tell you about uh, rockauto.com all the time, and there's good reason for that. They're just a great company, a great service. It's really as simple as that. Uh, I use them all the time myself because rockauto.com is so much easier than walking into a store and someone demanding quick answers to things like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And then they usually just have to order it online anyway because there are so many types of cars, it's impossible to keep them all stocked. You have access to rockauto.com at your desk, in your pocket. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do in other industries. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It really is... Simple as that. Like, say you happen to need a, a, a Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly. You know, like I need that kind of thing all the time for a 2005-2010 Honda Odyssey. And it costs like $354 at a big chain store. That's the kind of thing you could get at rockauto.com for $217. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And remember always to write Walsh in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that uh, we sent you and then I get all the credit, which is really important as well. All right. We're going to get away from the normal show format a little bit just for today. Most likely though, we'll see what happens with the rest of the week. Um, what, what I want to do is go through what we know so far and, um, how I'm at least processing some of this and thinking about it. I can't tell you how you should process it or think about it. Uh, all I can do is tell you my own thoughts. And I'm, I'm desperately hoping that as I speak these words, they will not be made irrelevant by events developing in real time. Of course, it's better for the country if we get legitimate clarity and closure, but it would be bad for the reach of this episode of my podcast. And really, what's more important, the country or my podcast? It's a toss-up, at least. I think we can all agree on that. So, um, in any case, let's talk about what we know. Um, We know that there was no Democrat blue wave landslide. There was no overwhelming repudiation of the evil orange man. The American people did not run smiling and weeping with open arms towards Marxism. Uh, There was also no uh, Republican landslide, though no credible person was forecasting or expecting that. No credible person was forecasting a Democrat landslide either, though lots of of people were forecasting, and just no credible people were. The problem is that most of the people who do the forecasting in politics, just like most of the people who do the forecasting of our weather, are not credible and not reliable and are are wrong more often than they're not. In this case, as you've probably heard, uh, the, the polls were absurdly wrong, especially in states like Florida and also elsewhere in the country. As I said on the election special last night, if you watch that on dailywire.com, at this point, we have to view pollsters the same way we view like hotline psychics. A person who identifies themselves as a pollster ought to be greeted with all of the same respect and deference as Miss Cleo. I'll put it this way. If pollsters still have a job after this election, then I want to be one. I am leaving the Daily Wire to work to to be a pollster. Or maybe I could be the Daily Wire's official pollster. It it would mean that I can say whatever I want. 
I can be wrong nearly 100% of the time and still get paid. Which on second thought already pretty much describes what I do. So I guess I don't need to change. But either way, the polls are a laughingstock and you will be a laughingstock yourself from henceforth should you quote them. Why are the polls wrong? Well, maybe the methodology behind drawing sweeping conclusions about hundreds of millions of people based on phone conversations with 900 registered voters is fundamentally flawed. And maybe there are only certain kinds of people who will even talk to a pollster in the first place and that selection bias makes the conclusion useless. Maybe it has something to do with all that. I don't know. What else do we know? We know that... uh, President Trump, win or lose, actually made gains with minority voters, especially Hispanics. We know that the Democrats massively underperformed in important Senate races. Republicans seem poised to keep the Senate. Again, even if Biden wins, these are major defeats for the Democrats. Why did it happen this way? Well, there are a number of easy answers. Uh, They ran a guy who has dementia, for one thing. That's a problem. That has to factor in. The Democrat Party also, over the last several years, rather than expanding their coalition to bring more people under the tent, has done the opposite and narrowed their message and appeal. At this point, seemingly trying to target a coalition of media pundits, college professors, 19-year-old white girls who have nose rings and dye their hair on natural colors, and BLM activists. Of course, there's a lot of crossover in those groups. I mean, some people are all of those things. But um, that's been their focus. Critical race theory, gender theory, screaming incessantly about America's evil past, systemic racism, transgender eight-year-olds. These are the kinds of issues and arguments and ideas and concepts that the Democrat Party has presented. It doesn't have a wide appeal, it turns out. The appeal is certainly wider than I'd like for it to be, because I think it should have an appeal that extends to zero people. But it's not as wide as the Democrats thought and hoped. When it comes to the minority vote specifically, we know that the left, ever since the formation of Black Lives Matter, has decided that Black Lives Matter, the organization, is the same as black people. The two are interchangeable in the minds of the left, which is why if you criticize Black Lives Matter, as I'm sure you've noticed, you're also criticizing black people, according to them. Um, It's racist to attack BLM, they told us, because they draw no distinction between BLM, the organization, and the demographic group it supposedly represents. But there is a distinction. Just look at what BLM stands for. Defeating the nuclear family, trans rights, that sort of thing. These aren't the priorities of average black voters and black families. These aren't the priorities of average voters and families of any race. But Democrats put all black people into that box, operating as if to be black is to be a radical leftist. This is a failing strategy, and they're losing their grip on the minority vote because of it. And that, again, is the case no matter how this election shakes out. But of course, all signs point to leftists learning exactly the opposite sorts of lessons here. Like here's a tweet from a Democrat operative on Twitter, David Adkins. Um, He says, progressives will recriminate against centrists and vice versa, but all Dem factions have to contend with this. Turnout was high. The prog base showed up like progs want. There was huge cross-partisan outreach like moderates want. But Trump activated a massive racist slash sexist vote. I hate to admit it. But this election is less about what anyone on the left, center, left slash center, center left did wrong, but rather um, than the extraordinary challenge we have in defeating this fascist movement. Sure, there are things we can do better immediately, most especially dealing with what went wrong with the Hispanic slash Latino vote, figuring out how to close the gap between our candidates and support for progressive issues. But there frankly aren't a lot of great options because what it looks like right now is that Dems were soft with POC men who like Trump's toxic masculinity. 
Do we really want to cater to that? Pander more to the anti-Chavistas? Dial back our effort on police reform and submit to the blue line flag, folks? No easy answers. If your answer is to go farther to the center, you have to deal with the reality that neither the Biden nor Clinton strategies really worked. The cross-partisan alliance of decency didn't materialize. If your answer is to go farther left, well, look at Florida or the Rust Belt. The bright side, the country is clearly trending away from, from them. The Senate and Electoral College are saving them, but it's not trending away fast enough to overcome an enormous backlash from people who simply refuse to give up white supremacy, toxic masculinity, and hardcore evangelical Bible thumping, who are literally happy to suffer hypothermia and die with tubes in their throats for it. Did you get that? The problem is that a lot of minorities are sexist, America is racist, everyone's a bigot, and the solution, presumably, is to be even louder and more obnoxious hectoring scolds, and to work harder to get men, especially black men, to hate themselves and their masculinity. Yes, that's the key. That's the ticket. Glad to see they've learned something. Or, actually, they've learned nothing whatsoever. All right, we'll have more to say in a moment, but I want to take a second first to uh, tell you about ExpressVPN. Uh, there are a lot of people, dastardly people out there on the internet making money by spying on you. That's not paranoia, okay? That's the truth. So what's the best way to make sure that 100% of your data is encrypted and that your internet provider can't get a hold of it? Well, you guessed it, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between all your devices and the internet so that everything you do online is encrypted. It reroutes your connection uh, through a, a, a secure server this blocks your internet pr provider from seeing everything that you do online. It gives you the privacy that you need online, you should have, and you deserve. All they can see is that you're connected to an ExpressVPN server. That's all they see, but nothing beyond that. And it's not just for your phone or computer. ExpressVPN works on all your devices. It works on your tablets, smart TVs. I mean, everything can spy on you these days. Again, not, not paranoia. It's just how it's set up. Even your router um, can be protected, so your entire family can always stay protected. I can't stress this enough. ExpressVPN is so simple to use. You just open up the app, tap one button to connect, and that's it. You don't have to be a, a genius with te technological stuff. If you did, I wouldn't be able to use it, but I can use it. You don't want people coming after you. You don't want people knowing your information. You want your data to be your business. Protect it at expressvpn.com Walsh. Visit expressvpn.com Walsh to get three months, of extra months of ExpressVPN protection for free. That's expressvpn.com Walsh to learn more. Okay, back to the election. Um, what else do we know? We know that strange things seem to be happening, and those strange things could affect how the election shakes out. For one thing, some states stopped counting ballots in the middle of the night. Um, Nevada said it, it wasn't going to release any more updates until November 5th, tomorrow. There's no more updates. And there's never been, there hasn't been any good excuse offered for this. Why would you stop counting why would you stop updating in the middle of, of the election? The, the best I've heard is that the counters were tired and needed some sleep. I'm sorry, that doesn't cut it. Tired? You got sleepy? This is a presidential election. Nobody cares if you're tired. You can't leave the country in limbo so you can grab some shut-eye. Have you never heard of working in shifts? There are many businesses, many types of operations that remain open 24 hours a day. Walmart does it. Your local 7-Eleven finds a way to do it. Does that mean that none of their workers ever sleep? No, it means they work in shifts. So you might think about that. That excuse just doesn't wash. And then we start reading reports like this, this here about um, large chunks of ballots, in, the case, in this case, over 100,000 ballots in Michigan being counted and breaking 100% for Biden. This was a 100, 
thousand vote chunk, apparently, reportedly, with not one single Trump vote. Not one. How is that possible? How is that statistically possible? And there have been other possible signs of shenanigans, too. Um, And here's the problem. This is why I'm concerned. And, you know, if you listen to this show, you know, I'm not someone who runs around screaming about voter fraud all the time. That's not my thing, normally. But I am worried here, and I'll tell you why. Aside from what I've already mentioned, Democrats already subscribe to a Machiavellian, morally relativistic, ends-justify-the-means worldview. Ends-justify-the-means, of course, means that you can do anything you want. Anything is morally permissible as long as the result is favorable. On top of that, Democrats have also convinced themselves that they're running against literally Hitler. They believe they are opposing Satan incarnate, the very manifestation of evil. So put all this together. Ends justify the means. And the end is to rid ourselves of a fascist dictator who's killed 200,000 Americans and seeks to turn us into a handmaid's tale dystopia. Well, in that case, why wouldn't they cheat? If I had that worldview, that philosophy, and I thought I was going up against Hitler, I'd cheat too. Hell, even as a person who believes in objective morality, I'd still cheat to defeat Hitler. Anybody would. Which means the only thing stopping Democrats from cheating is not any moral compunction or any ethical discipline on their part, but the system itself. The system must stop them from cheating. It comes down then to how much faith do you have in the system. And your mileage on that score may vary quite a bit. I should mention, I tweeted about the 100,000 votes in Michigan. Um, I said it was concerning. Okay, And Trump retweeted it. And here's what that looks like now. You can see it here. They censored my tweet. They called it misinformation. How could it be misinformation? I'm giving my opinion. I, I, I'm informing people. Am, am I misinforming people about my opinion? Is that the accusation here? So this is nonsense from Twitter. A mere expression of opinion about the election now is misinformation. No, that's not misinformation. That's an opinion that our big tech overlords don't agree with and don't want you to see. By the way, I wonder if they'd censor me for um, expressing my concern over this, as Sean Davis of The Federalist shows Pennsylvania will, will, will uh, count ballots without postmarks received days after the election. It says right here, ballots received in the mail by November 6th without postmarks will count. Now, call me crazy, but I think voting should end once voting ends. I think the conclusion of election day should be the conclusion of voting. In fact, get this. Here's how, here's how crazy I really am. I think the beginning of election day should be the beginning of voting. The end is the end. The beginning is the beginning. I think all votes should be cast on election day in person. We can make exceptions for the military, but nobody else. Everybody else, if you're not on active duty in the military, should be at the polls in person with your bright smiling face on election day or your vote doesn't count. That's the only way to protect the integrity of the system. That's the only way to ensure fast and honest results. That's the only way to have fair elections with minimal chaos. If you can't make the time to vote on the day of voting, then it wasn't that important to you. I mean, you got four years to plan for it. If you got something that comes up that day and you can't make it to the polls, well, sorry. There's always next time. It's not going to kill you. You don't vote this year. No big deal. It's madness to have people voting for president weeks or months before the actual election and then continue voting after the election. It's just madness. I can tell you this. My opinion on this issue has been consistent and would remain the same even if Republicans mostly voted by early or by mail. This has nothing to do with helping Republicans for me. This has to do with establishing a sane, fair, safe, honest system for voting. 
But we, what we all know is that if Republicans were the ones doing the early voting and mail voting, Democrats would certainly oppose it. Remember, ends justify the means. Um, it's all about the ends, the result. That's all that matters. And, and that's what we're, we're up against right now. Now, I kind of blew through our headlines, but I do have a um, daily cancellation, uh, an election-themed daily cancellation to get to. First, before we do that, though, you know, um, you know what we could all use right now? I think some, some rest, some sleep. I'm going on about two hours of it. The ballot counters, though, got a cool eight hours, okay? And ho- hopefully they rested well on a Helix Sleep mattress. Listen, Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. I've done it myself. It really works. If you like a mattress that's really soft or firm, you sleep on your side, your back, your stomach, you sleep really hot, cold, whatever it is. With Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. You don't need to take their word for it either. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress of 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. There's a reason for that. Just go to helixsleep.com Walsh. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. I guarantee it. They have a 10-year warranty, um, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will love it. It's impossible to overstate the importance of sleep. I think we all feel that right now, especially today. You need a good night's sleep, and that's why you need Helix Sleep. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off and free pillows with all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com Walsh. That's helixsleep.com Walsh for up to $200 off your mattress order. Okay, now for our daily cancellation. At first, uh, I wasn't going to do any cancellation today because I thought I'd just ramble uh, semi-coherently and semi-awake about the election for 30 minutes, but I've decided to throw this in here briefly because there is a great candidate for cancellation. Not someone that just I am canceling, but that the voters of Texas have canceled yet again. And that is Wendy Davis, otherwise known as uh, Abortion Barbie, major political office. Um, She's already done the House, the governorship, perhaps next the Senate, the presidency. She plans to become one of the great losers of modern American politics. And uh, I hope she achieves that goal. I really do. Now, you may remember Wendy Davis. She's the woman who did that 13-hour-long filibuster in the Texas State Senate in 2013, trying to prevent a a law that would restrict abortion in the state. She valiantly stood for 13 hours to defend the rights of abortionists to dismember infants. She failed in that too, ultimately, as she fails in everything, as Texas did end up passing abortion restrictions. But for that 13-hour period and through most of the rest of her pitiful public career, she established herself as a thoroughly bad person who would, if she could only manage it, climb atop the mass grave of thousands of dead babies in order to achieve esteem and political success. success. Um, Wendy Davis is, is one of those aging, bitter, feminist boomers, dissatisfied with her life, having never achieved success to match her ambition, and now set on trying to make the world a more violent, bitter, and selfish place, hoping to shape it to more closely resemble herself. She represents basically everything that's wrong with modern feminism. In fact, everything that has always been wrong with feminism on some level, even from the beginning. It is self-centered, anti-family, anti-child, has always been that way. It has no warmth, no love. It calls itself feminism, but ironically has no femininity. There is something so perverse and sad and, and, just, and just, just hideous about watching a woman fight desperately to defend and promote violence against children. Now, maybe I recoil from it even more because I'm so used to you know, seeing the opposite of my own life with my mother, my four sisters, now my wife. 
all of the women closest to me love children, would die to protect children, would die for their own children especially. Feminist talking points simply have no effect on them. They laugh. Uh, they laugh at feminism. It's an absurdity, absurdity to them. They, you know, they have the kind of grace and dignity and love that someone like Wendy Davis can't even understand. She can't comprehend it because she is such a sh- hollow, shallow, empty person, as are all pro-abortion radical feminists. Hollow, empty, ridiculous. And so Wendy Davis, whose one great career triumph is to, was to temporarily delay measures that would protect children, is canceled. She has been canceled again by the voters. And I think few people in public life deserve it more than she does. Okay, it's, this is normally where I would end it, but uh, but like I said, I'm all I, you know I'm I'm all out of uh, sorts as everybody is, and I'm not really following the normal format. And I did I, I just saw this; it just popped up on my screen as I was uh, speaking. And okay, this is from this goes back to something we talked about earlier, but I, I didn't I didn't know it was quite to this extent. This is from the National Review. Here's the uh, the headline written by Zachary Evans. It says Trump won the highest share of non-white vote of any Republican since 1960, according to exit polls. And then it says, President Trump has won the highest share of non-white voters of any Republican presidential candidate since 1960. Uh, roughly one quarter of non-white voters cast their ballots for Trump, according to an Edison exit poll. If the poll is an accurate reflection of final results, Trump will have won over, uh, won over more, more non-white voters than any Republican since Richard Nixon, who won 32% of the non-white vote in 1960 but lost to John Kennedy. Trump will also have improved on his performance in the 2016 election when he won 21% of the non-white vote. That's over 10% that he's increased. Um, It says Democrats have attacked Trump as racist, including during the 2016-2020 elections. Okay, we know about that. However, the Edison poll showed that support for Trump rose among African-Americans, Asians, and Latinos. In particular, 18% of black men voted for Trump in 2020, compared with 13% in 2016. And black women increased support for Trump from 4% to 8%. Trump also roughly doubled his share of gay voters. It appears that support among Latinos um, also helped Trump's victories in several key counties in the Sun Belt. Trump was able to score a win in Zapata Zapata County, Texas, by 52 to 47% over Joe Biden. The county's population is 94% Hispanic um, and elected Hillary Clinton over Trump in 2016 by 65 to 32%. All right, well, that is just incredible. That really is. That's... um, You're talking about... Now, you, you might say these numbers are still small, 8% 8% of the, of the black woman vote. It doesn't give the percentage of the gay vote, but we assume it's, it's comparatively low when you compare it to the Democrats. But you're, you're talking about a doubling of support. And this is, ha- this is not happening in a vacuum. This is happening after four years. One of the primary attacks on Trump was that he's a racist. He's Hitler, like we talked about. He's a Nazi. Okay, if you're, if you're not a, a white male, he wants to throw you into, a, into the gulags or something. That's been the attack. We had BLM, we've got the riots and everything. All of this is based on, on this. This has been their, their primary mode of attack. Uh, their primary argument about Donald Trump is that he's a racist. And it hasn't worked. We could look at this and say it, it straight up did not work at all. It didn't convince anybody. The only people that were convinced by it were already convinced. You know, they're, they're, we can, and even if they were, I mean, the black voters that voted for for Democrats in the last cycle and voted for for Democrats again, maybe they were convinced, maybe they weren't, maybe they already believed that Republicans are racist, whatever the case may be. 
but but Democrats actually lost voters from that. And you know, we already talked about why that is, but um, I really think this is worth of all the again, no matter what happens with the election, no matter if Trump wins or loses, and that right now seems to be very much up in the air. I'm not going to predict. I, I gave my project projection yesterday that Kanye West would win the presidency. That doesn't seem to have happened. In fact, I should mention that he did concede the race, I believe. I don't want to give misinformation and get punished by Twitter, but I, I think I saw that headline that he conceded the race. Um, and uh, we, you know, we have to admit that his path to victory, probably at this point, is very narrow. So that's why he conceded. But anyway, uh, so I'm, I'm still not going to give my prediction on that. But no matter what happens, this is, you want to talk about it, if there was any kind of massive repudiation or backlash or, uh, or anything like that, it, it, it was here with the minority voters seeming to reject what the Democrats were selling. And why is that? Well, like we, like we already discussed, um, I, I think one thing is, is, is probably for certain here. You know, Democrats taking this, this attitude, having this attitude that if you're in this democratic, this demographic category, we own you. You are ours. You, you owe us your vote. What was it that Joe Biden said? If you vote, if you don't vote Democrat, you ain't black. Okay? Unsurprisingly, that's not a convincing message. It's not just not convincing. In fact, it is maybe convincing. It's convincing in the other way. No, nobody, whether you're black, white, or otherwise, nobody wants to feel like they have they, they belong to a certain political party or they owe their allegiance to a party. Nobody wants to feel taken for granted, patronized, too. I think the key with Trump is, um, among other things, one thing that Trump does, and yeah, he's accused of being a racist and a sexist, um, but in fact, people that follow Trump and that have paid attention to him you don't even have to pay that close attention to notice this. He talks to everybody the same. And yeah, he could be abrasive and vulgar and profane sometimes, but he's that way to everybody. He just, he, he approaches everyone exactly the same. This is, this is not someone who panders. And so if you're a black voter, if you're a Hispanic voter, he's going to give you the same pitch he gives everybody else. Yeah, he does a little bit of his, of his pandering by saying, oh, I'm the best president for black people since Abraham Lincoln and that sort of thing. But for the most part, his message to everybody is the same. Like the message, hate the message. It's the same to everyone. Whereas with Democrats, they're going to break you down into little categories. And um, this is their message for this group. And here's their message for that group. We talked about this on the show. And I think you could probably still go to Joe Biden's website and find it. But um, you go to Joe Biden's website. And you go to his plan for America, his agenda. And he's got a specific plan for every subcategory of people. He's got a plan for black voters. He's got a plan for gay voters, Jewish voters, Catholic voters, older people, younger people, Hispanic, uh, LGBT. He's, he's, he's breaking them all down. And here's Joe's plan for all of these different groups. You got you to you segregate them in different categories acting as though we don't all, at the end of the day, want basically the same things. I think that that, I, I hope, I pray, I think that maybe that is, there's finally um, some backlash to that. And, uh, and finally, that method is breaking down. The intersectional 
house of cards maybe is collapsing. If there is one big sort of wave, one big thing to come out of this election, it's, it's maybe that. I would hope and pray for that anyway. And you know, the other thing I, I, w- I would also say in closing is um, there are two things that most normal people um, actually value, despite what Democrats may tell you and despite what they want. Family and, uh, and country. Now, people value other things aside from those, but those are things that people value. They care about their families, and um, also they, they do love their country, and they don't want to hate their country. It doesn't mean they think their country is right about everything. It doesn't mean they can't, they can't stomach any criticism of their country. But feeling proud of your country, that's something that, that most people want and enjoy. You see the flag, you know, during the national anthem. Most people want to stand for the national anthem. And that's, it doesn't matter what your race is. And the Democrats, what do they, what do they tell you? Black Lives Matter. We're going to break down the nuclear family. What kind of, you have to be far left, crazy radical for that to be a priority in your life. To, not only do you not value the family, but you actually see it as a negative. You want to destroy it. That's not how most people operate. And most people, I think, don't want to hate their country. The, the thing that Trump does, where he, he sees an American flag and he'll hug the American flag, cradle it in his arms. It's a little bit weird and corny, but at the same time, that's, that's much more what people want to see from their president, especially, and how they feel about the country. Uh, it's much closer to it than, you know, the athletes who are taking a knee and protesting the anthem. So maybe there's, uh, maybe there's something significant happening there, too. But as I said, we're, we're, we're still getting the results, and um, we'll find out. So who knows what the situation will be tomorrow when uh, I talk to you again. But we will all continue praying and uh, being vigilant in the meantime. Talk tomorrow. Have a great day. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, And our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.